Hey, what's going on, everybody? Today, I had the pleasure to chat with American singer-songwriter and American Idol Season 21 contestant Hannah Nicolaisen. In this newest episode, Hannah and I explore her new singles through the motions, intervention, quitting 9 to 5 job to pursue music full-time, the current state of the music world, performing live music in Montgomery, Alabama, her career in volleyball, American Idol experience, and more. Now, with that being said, hope you enjoy my conversation with Hannah. Hannah, hello. Hi. I mean, it's so great to chat with you because, you know, I've been I've been tracking the whole American Idol season so far and I've been seeing so much great talented artists already and as soon as I saw your audition and heard your voice and I said this girl is gonna go places she's gonna become one of the more famous artists we're we're gonna see coming out of American Idol and um, you know the first thing that came to my mind when I was watching your audition and I heard your voice I was like she sounds like a younger Bonnie Raitt she just <laughs> sounds so much like Bonnie. And Thank um, you. also, like, it kind of reminded me of um, if people who don't know uh, Tedeschi Trucks Band, um, the the wife, Susan Tedeschi, who is, I guess, the, the lead singer of that band. I was like, Hannah really sounds similar to, to, uh, to her. And I was like, this is insane how, you know, like, even though you were eliminated early from the competition, I was like, this this is this I'm not passing up on this chance and mm-hmm. um it, it's it's just something that you find artists that come along and you you kind of latch yourself onto them and you say they're gonna go places and and you can't stand a chance without missing an opportunity like this so it's great to chat with you I mean how's everything been for you uh thank you well first off thank you so much for all the high compliments um that's just so kind and I I'd gotten a lot of people, you know, after my very first audition, like, oh, you sound like this or that, or I mean, so many things. So um, I really appreciate it. Um, things are honestly really good. I'm, I'm, uh, I kind of took a chance by doing American Idol. I really didn't anticipate, you know, any of that. And I um, wanted to enter a place in my life where I just kind of do things, even if I'm a little scared or I'm unsure and try and try and be okay with the uncertainty. And um yeah, kind of ended up uh, pretty good, I think. Absolutely, and um, I guess I guess we'll 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 get this. I I guess podcast or conversation started surrounding the beginning of your career and how you sort of got to the place of American Idol because you didn't, I guess, do music prior to American Idol, if I'm not mistaken, because you were a volleyball player. Mm-hmm. Um and you are original from Houston, Texas, but you play and perform live music in Montgomery, Alabama. Um, mm-hmm. so is it crazy to think that here's a girl that's you know playing volleyball and who just basically ended her career playing bo- volleyball, and then was sort of okay. I need to find something that I can use my spare time or now use something to my advantage. Now here is music, and all of a sudden doors open for you. American Idol is there and you're meeting judges like Luke Bryan and Katy Perry and Lionel Richie and seeing all the contestants. Tell me about the lifestyle for you. Yeah, it's amazing. I, yeah. So I, um, I mean, I always sang, I always did like choir in high school and and various things, but um, I kind of, I'm a very practical person and not to go too much into it, but just when you go through any phase in your life where you have any financial trouble, I think within your family system or things like that, it gives you a lot of awareness of what, what money is and what living without money is. And um, so I think experiencing that, seeing loved ones go through that kind of, I always had this attitude, like music seems like the type of dream that you expect to not make a lot of money at in order to do it. And if you pursue music and it kind of fails, it's like, what's your other plan? You know, because a lot of people try music for a bit and it doesn't work out. And I just had this really negative narrative in my head of um, what it would be to kind of pursue music in that way. It was just a common, the artist struggle type of narrative. And um, I think as a young person, I I didn't really want that at the moment. And I didn't want to feel like I didn't have a backup plan. So I was gifted scholarships, um, even in club to play volleyball in high school and um, I had a coach that actually stepped up and literally would take me to all my travel trips and her name is coach Shafania and she 
literally slept on the floor so I could sleep in hotel beds before tournaments, things like that. So I think those type of opportunities in volleyball and then being given scholarship opportunity to go get a degree. Um, I had this thing in my head that something told me, like, if I really want to do music, I'll just go do music. I don't need to study it. So I was like, to me, it felt like music is something that I love. And if in the end I end up wanting to pursue that, I mean, I can be a singer either way, whether I study it or not, you know? So I just thought, let me study something else that I enjoy. So yeah, I spent the last five years and I I studied exercise science and psychology, double major. And um, I just kind of threw myself into everything else going on in the world. And actually music got less and less common in my life. And I sang less and less. I was singing like the national anthem at the volleyball games and doing not a lot. Um, But when I graduated and, you know, the time runs out as a volleyball player and I kind of did the thing that I wanted to do and I got the degree. Um, And I kind of realized it was always about having my backup plan and I got the degree. And then I was like, well, I don't really want to do anything with this at the moment without getting, you know, further education and a master's and all this extra stuff. And I thought, you know, I just think I've been working really hard to get to this place And I wanted to kind of hit the brakes for a second and just kind of think about what I actually want in a career, like in my life. And um, so at the time I I graduated in Illinois, my boyfriend, uh, now fiance, uh, was in Montgomery, Alabama. And I um, I just kind of said, you know, cold turkey, let's go. And I'm I up and moved down here with no friends or connections or anything like that. And I graduated in May. Um. And so I got a job as like an IT recruiter. I was just kind of doing some basic desk job stuff with within IT. I'm not even specialized in IT at all. Just kind of got trained for it. And it was just, there was just like a hole, you know, from, from leaving a place like sport where you have like team and culture and you, you know, go to dinners and you, and you have a love for something and a passion for something that fills up most of the hours of your day. And then that kind of goes away. And you have less of a community in a new place and less people. And I just thought, man, I got to find something that I feel passionate about or that I can connect with people on. Like I need to find my friends and find my community again. Um, and kind of via that, I, I looked at kind of coaching club volleyball around here and stuff like that. I was actually ready to do so when I sang at an open mic and some people here were like, incredibly supportive and just asked me to come start singing gigs and I told them I didn't have any equipment or anything like that and um, instead they they said please come anyways so I did and uh, basically the the girl her name's Carly she's a bartender uh, managing over at um, a local place like 20 minutes from where I live and she was the one that was like she would bring me a, a speaker and the stand and all the chords and I just showed up and I would just sing and they paid me to be there because she just believed in me so much. And then eventually she's the one who sent me the link to American Idol, opened auditions across America and said, you know, you got to do this. And I've been told a couple of times in my life I should. And um, I kind of always had other things going on. You know, you're busy or, or you don't want to interrupt your life. And uh, this time I didn't have any reason. So I just thought, I, yeah, sure. Why not? I don't want to regret not doing something like that. And um, it kind of turned into a really beautiful process and a really beautiful journey. And then you sort of quit your nine to five job as the IT recruiter to become a musician. Mm-hmm. Was that a scary thing for you to I, I actually like now go into, I guess, hot waters now and, and, and really test everything out in music rather than now you have no job. Now, yeah. now here you are just <laughs> sacrificing, putting everything all on the line and saying, I want to do music full time. That's where my heart is. And that's where my talent Mm -hmm. is. Was that scary to ever now jump into something, I guess, as as cold turkey, as you were saying, and and not really like knowing anything about it? No, yeah, I was terrified. Um, I, I really enjoyed the place that I worked. And the people were so good to me. It was like a really solid paycheck. You know, it was like a comfortable environment. I got along with everyone. So it wasn't like I hated my life or anything like that. It was a, it was a very safe choice, but the type of work um, just in general was just not something I was excited about or passionate about. And when I kind of realized 
I made the top 26 on American Idol, it it did a few things for me. Um, one, I mean, I was shocked. I, I was genuinely like ready to say my goodbyes at every point on this journey. Like I was like, there's no way I'm staying around, you know, and they saw something in me. And I think there was just this like real confidence that comes with that when you just learn to trust other people. And, you know, maybe I don't see it yet, or maybe I didn't at that time, but it's okay because somebody else sees it. And so that kind of gave me this confidence, but that doesn't mean it's easy just to say goodbye to something so safe and secure. I mean, I'm talking like benefits and a job and a, you know, paycheck and, you know, all the things. So, um, no, it was very scary. Um, and, but because of American Idol, I also was given a few opportunities, like some people kind of knew about the show or I met other contestants who knew people in music and who were interested and reached out to me, uh, about recording some music or coming up for songwriting sessions. And I'd never done that. And it was going to start taking up like big chunks of the middle of the week. You know, it's like Wednesday to Saturday and you can't really work a nine to five job and take those opportunities at the same time. So, um, it just came down to like, am I really willing to kind of take a risk on this? And kind of, honestly, I just thought, put all my eggs in one basket and just try it. Like if I'm going to do American Idol, let's just do it all the way and kind of quit the job and go pursue what I can do. And um, it's really given me so much freedom to explore. And um, I feel so in touch with a part of myself that really hadn't been um, kind of at the surface for a really long time. Absolutely. And um, I guess as as we're talking about this whole situation with you, sort of finding that silver lining now, I guess, in music for your career and you quitting that nine to five job and then basically putting yourself out there. And that's, and that's hard in itself to do that alone to really make yourself present on social media and putting out covers and or you just sitting on the floor of your bedroom and putting out covers and those things like that because that's how people really start out it's not necessarily well everyone has their own different start outs but what i'm saying Mm -hmm. is the usual start out is when people are sitting on their bedroom floor or whatever it is recording in their bathroom or recording a cover or whatever that's where it all starts um and for you i guess now going into American Idol and you're saying that you kind of had the expectation that this wasn't going to work out. And this, this was basically your ending and, and you weren't sure about making it through to even Hollywood week and um, getting past the judges round. I mean, let's talk about that experience because I feel that's, that's gotta be a fun experience for you, but also a very strong learning experience as well. Mm. Yeah. So it wasn't that I thought I would, I wouldn't like, I didn't think it was an ending or anything. I thought it was like, how do I say like up until this point in my life. And I think a lot of people relate like you, I was just like, I have to do the right thing and do the next step. And I had a very clear plan and I was going to go get my degree and I was going to go do what I needed to do to support myself or support my family in the best way I knew how. Um, so I'm like a very type A personality. I'm always like thinking the next step or getting the projects or doing my best on all the schoolwork. And, you know, I'm always like, my schedule's always way too busy for myself. So when I graduated and I decided I was going to take a year or two to just try to slow down almost. Um, by that, I mean, like, I wanted to be okay with not having a plan. And that was really the first time in my life that I'd done that because every other, every, let's say every season, there's off season to prepare for every off season, there's season, every semester, there's next semester, every, you know, time you senior year, you're ready to graduate, get a job. Like everybody, I think understands those feelings. You're just constantly looking at the next thing. And I just realized I didn't want to be like that all the time. And it's exhausting. And, um, so when I decided to kind of do American Idol, I really, truly, the the true test for myself was, can I be okay with all this uncertainty? Can I be okay with not having a plan on how this is about to turn out or what's going to happen? Um, it wasn't like I was predicting that it would or would not do anything. I, I truly went into every single step, just like, this is the first and last chance that I'll be here. And I'm just trying to be really, 
present and grateful for the moment every single time. And what that did for me in that experience was every single time I was there, I was just like grateful and I was just soaking it in. And, you know, it's like you said, like I got eliminated early, but the reality is I got eliminated very, very late. There was like thousands of people that auditioned and there's hundreds of people that, you know, there's 150 people in Hollywood week. There's 150 golden tickets. I made it to the top 26 and then I made it to the top 20. I mean, every single time it's just like another, I'm like, wow, I get to go on the stage again, again, again. You know, it's like, wow, because I know how many people wanted to be there. But at the same time, I'm trying not to put this pressure on myself of what I need to do or have to do. Or um, They always ask you in all the interviews, you know, why do you want to be the next American Idol? And I never knew how to answer because I was like, I don't want to be the next American Idol. I don't care. I just don't. That's the authentic answer. And it was hard because they they don't want that answer. But the reality of the situation is like, I'm here so I can learn about music as fast as possible. and. I did, you know, I went in and I met so many people and I learned so much about TV and I met, like you said, Lionel Richie, Katy Perry, Luke Bryan. I mean, I did all of those things and um, I kind of feel like I won because of that. You know, that was my goal was to just learn through the experience and I like check, I did it, you know? Yeah. And if you don't mind me asking, because you just really hit on a really good point there. And the question I was wanted to ask you was, and you just said that, you know, the experience, the question that producers or, or I guess the, the American Idol competition show runners will ask you on the broadcast saying, why are you the next American Idol? What makes you the next American Idol? And you said that you don't know how to answer that. Now coming back from American Idol, do you still not know the answer or are you still trying to find that answer? I just think... I kind of feel like it's my it's my own perspective that makes this this a different thing but um the reality is I don't really believe music is a competition at all. I think I come from maybe it's my background in sports I, I it could be because the way I see it like hundreds of years ago and I say this all the time to all my friends hundreds of years ago sports was like the gladiators, you know, like to, to prove the dominance of one person or country over another. That's literally the definition of like physical sport. Hundreds of years ago, music was not done to compete. Music was done to bring people together. And I don't, I didn't, you know, like I said, I didn't study music. I didn't go to school. I didn't put myself in these environments of kind of like how you need to be to succeed in the business of all these things. To me, music's not a business. Music is a level of communication that we have that we use to bring people together. So even though I'm on American Idol and I'm, I'm kind of, I would battle with myself because I'm like, I want to be there, of course. And I'm so grateful for the experience, but it kind of felt like we were in like a summer camp. It, to me, it felt like I'm meeting all these people and I'm friends with these people. And I understand somebody has to win, but it's so outside of my control that there's no part of me that's like feeling this competitive thing like I would when I played volleyball. It's just not there because I can't control. I can't control what the producers say about me. I can't control how people vote for me. I can't control, you know, anything. The only thing I get to control in that situation is what I do on the stage and when I sing. And when I sing, my purpose is to communicate and to connect with people. That's it. So that question, are you the next American Idol or, or why are you the next American Idol is kind of like, I don't know, am I? You know, that's out of my control. It's kind of like a silly question to me. Yeah. And um, I also, I mean, you've hit on really good points in that answer. And I, I do agree. I think that like music, yeah, it is a business. Like, yeah, there people can say music business. It is. It, don't get me wrong. It is. But I, I think that like, I think it is that you, what you were saying about it is level of communication that brings people together. It is, it, it really is. But I think a lot of musicians these days are creating such different music. It's, it's not just one, like, specific niche if you want to say mm -hmm. um it's everything now 
like for for instance i can bring up country because i love country music do i think country music is now the same old same old from what you hear in the 50s and 60s no no mm -hmm. it's not like kelsey ballerini people can say she's country nope i don't believe so i i love that you brought that up i love that because i struggled with that on the show they kept asking me what's my genre what's your lane what do you want to be like and first I've been actively choosing music and creating what my artist style for like a couple months so trying to be like I know everything about what I want to be for the next you know I don't know exactly so it was a hard question but also I have influence from a lot of areas I, I mean I I like I love country music because I love storytelling I love old 70s rock that's like 60s and 70s of like storytellers, you know. Um, I also love pop music. I think anything that just feels good and you listen to is great. And then I also have a really deep place in my like jazz and soul and these musics that like evoke huge emotions from you. So, I mean, I don't know. And then you can continue even. I grew up listening to like alternative rock music, all rock and everything. I mean, some of my song choices were like, Gavin DeGraw and like some things like that because I just love kind of these areas that are in between the genres and I love what you're saying because that's what I that's exactly what I was trying to say when I said it's like a camp it's like summer camp the top 26 of American Idol each has their own lane it is a music business I agree with you and I believe that there's a seat at the table for every single one of the top 26 you know I don't think and more and beyond the people that were there top 55 people whose auditions were shown Every person has the place at the table. I just don't believe I'm better than anyone who didn't make it that far or somebody's better than me because they did. It's just, it's kind of like the moment, you know, and everybody can continue on and make their music. Yeah. And also, I also want to like, I can't stress this enough that you can watch so many American Idol contestants over the years and also this season alone. And I think this year, this year has been probably one of the best years of talent that we've seen in a long time. Um, and there's a lot of contestants that, I guess have a lot of other genres in them. I think for you, like I was, I was kind of like, I wanted to call you an American singer songwriter because I didn't know what style of music that I would want to describe you as, because that's, that's what I was sort of struggling on because I was mm -hmm. trying to pinpoint what is she, you know, she's doing country. You got some soul in there. You've got a little bit of folk in you. You've got a little bit of pop in you. And I don't know if that's called Americana necessarily because I think it's more so like country folk would be called Americana. Um, but you can't call pop Americana. I like I, I just can't. I can't call <laughs> pop Americana. It it's just really not. It's I guess it's not a I guess identical in a lot of ways. Um like if I can go back to Kelsey Ballerini, like the the mm -hmm. conversation we're having just now, but you know, Kelsey's people can say she's country, she's not a country. Like you can say she's country because she has country roots, mm. she has country roots. But her her songs are now like pop, like mm. Taylor Swift. She was country, was, was country, because she was raised in Nashville basically, but now she's pop, right? Mm. And, I, and and I think a lot of like artists these days are now shifting from genre to genre because it's not mm -hmm. like you can't you can't just go from pop to country then sort of like put yourself and put your foot down and say this is my genre like eventually yeah. everyone is going to shift to different genres eventually i love it, that yeah like i've i've already heard like some other artists who've already like sort of like changed their genre now because they're like this is not who i am i, I know i've been named that necessarily like named that just because people want to name or describe my music as that but this is not my artistry. <laughs> I don't make that type of music anymore and I'm changing lanes. And do you feel like when you listen to music these days, do you feel you're listening to a whole different slew of genres or what, what goes through your mind when you listen to music? Yeah. I, um, I think it's, it's interesting that you brought up Taylor Swift and, I'll just touch on her for a second because she is the biggest thing right now. Right. And everybody knows who she is and whether you think she's cliche or, Oh, it's just Taylor Swift. We're tired. You know, whatever, whatever you actually think about her, she's brilliant. And 
the thing, like you said, she kind of does change genres because the truth is, is like when you put out a body of work, I think there's got to be a rhyme and a reason to it. There's kind of an underlying, let's say, genre or or a group so that people understand what they're listening to. Um, but there's something really beautiful about the fact that as an artist, your genre doesn't define who you are. You define the genre. You know what I mean? It's it's the other way around. Just because you are, like you said, Kelsey Ballerini grew up as a country roots type of person doesn't define the music that she makes. It's the opposite. Because of who she is, she defines that she decided what kind of genre, what kind of music she wants to make. So that's just to say when I listen to music, I think the key to that type of artist is the fact that we don't digest music the same way as we did. I have vinyl. I listen to records all the time. And when you sit down and you listen to a vinyl or you put on a record or buy an album or buy a CD, you listen to one artist, 15 songs in a row, you take in the entire storyline of the entire body of work. There's like a, a theme and there's choices and there's all this stuff that happens between the songs. We don't listen to music that way. Very rarely. Very few people sit and listen to 15 songs in a row of the same artist. It's it's one by a pop artist and one by the country artist. And you've got a playlist that's called Feel Good Music. And you listen to all different kinds of songs and all different kinds of artists that all made you feel a certain way. And I think that freedom of how we listen and digest music is what allows artists to now kind of be more free in choosing their genre and what they're doing because people understand that you can make a song because it feels good or you can make a song because you're something else and and also just like you mentioned earlier but social media has just opened up the floor on if you don't want to be a certain lane and the and the industry says in order to get in these rooms you have to be a true country artist and you're like well I'm not so I'm gonna go on TikTok I'm gonna post videos they're gonna go viral and you're gonna make space for me that's beautiful so just bringing it back to myself I think I understand that I'm pretty new at this and I think the thing that I enjoy so much is letting people discuss what they think I am because I don't know yet either and it's it's kind of a beautiful process like I think singer-songwriter would be the most broad way to express what I feel because I write a lot of music I didn't even show on the show very much that's really the majority of what I was doing before it's just telling like your story and your perspective on things and the rest of it kind of falls into place when you meet the right producers and right people to create that music with you absolutely and um, we're running out of time here but I mean if we if we want to carry this into the next Zoom link I can send you a Zoom link and we can continue this conversation because mm -hmm. there's there's so much other things I want to talk about but I guess like um I guess we started the Zoom links a little bit late which kind of like takes out the time I guess for the Zoom um I I mean if you're interested we can I can send you a new Zoom link and we can continue this conversation and Sure we can continue the conversation I just let me see the time Yeah I've got till about three o'clock. how does that work for you uh, that's fine, actually. Perfect. So what is that? What? Uh, it's in 30, just... 30, 30 minutes. Like it's two thirty four here. I didn't oh, actually. Okay. I'm so sorry about that. By the way, I didn't ask you about the time zone. I'm so sorry that uh, I kept you waiting. No problem. No problem. It's it's no worries. Um. So yeah. So we'll we'll carry this into the next um um portion of the interview and uh, the listeners who are who are just uh, tuning in. Uh, we we were just talking about the genres and it took up a lot of our time. Um, but this is what makes conversations really good because when you can just spend some time and really understand somebody's level and understand the, the inner workings of the business, because it's not sort of like the music business that we're talking about. We're talking about the artistry behind the business because it's not it's not like we're like criticizing, I guess, like different artists in the music. I think Kelsey's making great music. I think Taylor's been on historic run so far and selling out stadiums and, and selling out albums and whatever. And, but what we're saying is, I think we're making it very clear to, to people that you can't just look at some one artist and pinpoint exactly what the genre is because it really isn't that like, you can say someone is country or not country. Like you can, you can say country because you only hear it because you've heard it a long time and you've heard it a lot of time. And a lot of times, and a lot of times on TikTok as well, TikTok is a big place. TikTok is like now like the newest thing for people. I find it's like, now you can find anybody on TikTok, you know, like Instagram. Yes. Mm -hmm. But 
it's not as popular anymore. Like people are gravitating towards TikTok because it was basically before, but TikTok now has become this whole platform where people just put whatever content, but now they have a 10 minutes longer uh, version. Mm -hmm. So now people have the opportunity to put out different things. You can put a 10 minute documentary on there and it'll be no problem. Right? Mm -hmm. Like that's why TikTok is becoming the really big trend now. And um, that's why I think I use TikTok a lot for my clips because I'm finding people are more so on there rather than on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook even though people can use Facebook for like different things. And I use LinkedIn for different things. And that's for like mm-hmm. job opportunities, which is a great place also to connect with people. You can find music people and their publicist managers. Those are great places, but yes, we'll, we'll, we'll carry this into the next portion of the interview. And uh, if you want to stick around, you can stick around and uh, we'll have a lot more talk about about American Idol and also our new singles um, going through the motions and uh, a lot of uh, other things that she's working on. So stay tuned. And- All right. So, we're back from um, just setting up a new Zoom link here and uh, we'll continue the conversation that we were having about, um, or I guess we'll we'll move on to the the, this, the conversation about, I guess, the whole experience on American Idol because I think, well, I, I don't want to really per se have it majority on American Idol. Uh, we can also talk about um, your new songs that you have out um, because... Those are some really great songs, I will say. Thank um, you. I mean, let's 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 talk about that because I I, I really want to get to know what these songs are about and um and how you first created these songs. So let's let's start with intervention. I mean, the lyrics in this song, they are I guess, how do I say it? They are somewhat depressing um in and in, in, in a lot of ways and not not to make that in a rude way i think it's because when people listen to music they call it depressing some people who listen to music will say that when you listen to sad music you know it's sad music um but i mean a lot of this because it comes from personal experiences and it and it's it's an artist telling their story and you basically mentioned at the beginning of this conversation about how you were influenced by records and vinyl records and, and talking about the storytellers that you like mm-hmm. to listen to. Um, can you talk to me about the the whole creation behind Intervention, how that first came about? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny. It's okay to call it a, a sad, sad song, sad music, because I think there's a, there, there is definitely a lot of pain that, that, came from um which is the reality because it's funny because i think the words actually are uplifting in the in the chorus and then that sec- it really is intended to be a, a, a powerful positive but it comes from a place of hurt and um yeah some of my favorite artists and some of my favorite storytellers are people that can kind of talk about emotional experiences that we have that aren't just always talked about so, you know, the, the, I love a good bop love song. Um, you know, I love a good like poppy one direction, you know, I'll sit and listen to those types of songs, but when I write, um, there's something really special about trying to put on paper, like an emotion or an experience that, um, I don't think that I'd heard about. Um, so with intervention, I, I think I also mentioned that through American Idol, I was able to network and meet a lot of like songwriters and producers in Nashville that I never would have had the opportunity to connect with. So I was invited to go to a songwriting camp. Um, and I was really nervous because I've only ever written songs like independently on my own. And it was a really beautiful experience because I went in and I was going to be a co-writer for music for myself as the artist. And I was not really sure what to expect, but basically I went into this room and I did this multiple times. We wrote several demos, several songs, um, things that I don't even have released yet, but intervention. I went in the room with like four strangers and I was like, how do you write something very personal and emotional with people you don't know? And it was really funny because we went in and instead of being like, let's write this song really fast, everybody just kind of was okay with sitting. And we just started a conversation and we started having like a deep conversation, like a very open, vulnerable conversation, kind of actually about like spiritual 
things and our, our histories and our families and different things. And um, I think somebody had said, you know, uh, okay, Hannah, we want to write you a song. Do you have anything like voice memos or ideas for songs that um, you haven't used yet that you, you know, want to show us or we can kind of start to go off of? And I was scrolling through all my voice memos and I've got so many things. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to show them all this stuff. And I, I passed one that was um, actually very painful. And it was written, I kind of write songs as a journal. And so sometimes I write the song and then I forget that I wrote the song completely because I don't want to look at it because it was just like to get it out of my system and never look at it again. So I had a song like that that was really like from a hurt place. Um, and for some reason in that group of strangers, I felt safe enough to be like, okay, this is something that I wrote. And it was a separate song than Intervention, but um, it kind of opened the conversation. And all of a sudden I was explaining to them why I was so hurt and the whole uh, situation and a fight that had happened and all these things in my life that were really painful. It was actually kind of in the midst of idol happening. Um, but I have this person in my life that I'm incredibly close to and I've never had any distance with. And all of a sudden we had distance and there was these moments where I felt like I couldn't get through or I couldn't, it was really hard to explain, really hard to explain. It was like a tension with somebody you love so much. And you know that a lot of that tension is because they don't understand how much you love them. So they have an inherent sense of shame or something in their life that makes them feel they're not worthy of your love. So then it's actually standing in the way of you just having that relationship because they don't understand. And you kind of feel like you're beating your head against the wall because you're like, I can tell you a hundred thousand times that I love you. And it doesn't mean anything if you don't let me, if you don't listen to me when I say that, right? So I went in the room with these people. I've never written a song with people before. And I told them this story and I gave them samples of some of the things I'd written and they were just it was like therapy. It was like people receiving what I was saying. And then they'd give me these ideas like, oh, do you mean like this? And I'd be like, no, no, not that. Or like, oh my God, that's exactly what I mean. And it was just so collaborative in that sense, but they really told my story. And um, it's really crazy to me because I didn't, I wasn't even going to release intervention right away because it is a sad song. And I thought, you know, I don't know if that's really what people want to hear or if it's going to do very well as my first song out. Um, one of my first songs out, but I, I had something happen and basically I showed this person who I wrote the song for the song and it actually opened a conversation and we fixed and we healed that relationship. And I mean, in a huge way, like in a way that like we were crying and you know, she was saying to me that like, she'll never doubt again that I love her. And she'll never, if she ever doubts herself, she'll just know that this song was written for her. And I thought, oh my God, to write a song that heals a relationship in that way, I kind of felt like a weird sense of guilt of, of keeping this just to myself and not putting it out in the world, thinking that maybe somebody else would really benefit from having those words, you know, those, those sentiments. And so um, that was kind of why that was the whole the reason behind it. I had several people kind of tell me that it really touched them in a way and um, meant something to them. So, yeah, the words were really authentic for me. And it was very vulnerable because it really is like my story and my relationship and my life. And this person, I had to ask their permission to kind of put it out, even though I'm not going to name because I just felt like it's it was so personal. It kind of felt like, you know, I needed to have that like, OK, from them to share this story with other people. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I mean the lyrics in the song. You had uh, "You are enough." It's the same old lie. I've like I've said it before, uh, and I'll say it a hundred times because this is not a standard intervention. So I'll just say, "I love you." I love you. Um, and with you explaining the song, the meaning behind that song, and the story behind that song, now it comes full circle. Mm. Now I understand what you were trying to say because when you listen to a song and you try to close your eyes and try to listen to every single lyric, um, because, you know, it's so easy. I feel with music, you know, when you listen to a song, you can just listen to it just for the sake of listening to it. Um, but then there's this other part where you listen to it, but you listen to the lyrics this time. Um, mm -hmm. And then you really 
try to get yourself to understand what are they trying to say? You know, what mm. is their message? What do they want people to know about themselves? What 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 do people want to know about their struggles? Um, and this song, I guess now hearing it from you and hearing everything about it, now it's like, okay, I, I understand it now. Um, mm. And so I want to talk about your song, Through the Motions. That was like, one of the songs where I said, yep, I think that validates the Bonnie Ray comparison. Um, <laughs> you know, like just one of those songs that like kind of like puts you back in time and said, you know, this, this reminds me of Bonnie and this reminds me of Susan Tedeschi, um, of Tedeschi Trucks Band and all these different artists that I, I'm, I'm really, that I've admired for a long time. And I'm, you know, hearing music like that from you, I'm like, for a girl that's so young and to put out music like this and songs like this that are so powerful, it's it you cannot help but um uh pass up on it and, and not listen to it. It's it these are really great songs. So can you talk to me about um the making behind of this song through the motions? Yeah. Yeah, I uh I'm so happy to hear you say that because I wrote that you have to put into account like I really had no intention of going into music at all I had no intention of doing American Idol a couple of years ago I never would have imagined this so um I wrote that song very much like I said I really use music and songwriting as a journal and um, I've written you know lots and lots of music just me and my guitar in my room because I was feeling something that I couldn't quite explore explain or deal with in some way and so I find a way to kind of write a song about it so when I wrote Going Through the Motions, um, it was very much like I was in a, a, a normal, you know, day-to-day -day college situation. I would get up, I'd do this, I'd go to, I'd practice, I'd volleyball, so I'd get up, go to practice, come back, go do this, go to the homework, da, 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 you know, just the just clicking off the day every day and going to bed and repeat, rinse, recycle, repeat, right? And um, it was like a really, it was a really simple moment, but I had, so I had really early and really late practices and games. And I remember I was walking home from our gym in the dark and I was in Illinois and it was kind of like it must have been like right before or right after winter time and there was deer all over the campus sometimes they'd be but they only came out in the dark when there was really nobody around they'd come on campus and during the day they leave and they go somewhere else and I'm walking past the soccer field and I'm so in my own head about whatever my day has been going on that I physically turned and there was a deer like 10 feet from me laying there that I almost walked past who was watching me and it, I have a very deep connection with like uh, uh, animals and nature I just feel really like moved by that I really try to spend time outside and in nature a lot and I I felt kind of like this moment of like you idiot you almost missed a really cool moment because you were just stuck in the cycle and so the words of the chorus is um I can't even, um, um, when you're, here's, it's, it's about he, he, that moment. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's the, here's the lyrics that I, that, uh, I guess that she was trying to get by with, with, uh, going through the motions. Um, I have it here as well. It, you know, you wrote down, oh, my own mind has been leading me astray, chasing all the things I think I need, but what I need has always been the same. Arts might rush. I can feel my feet hit the pavement and my eyes are gone that I can't see what's moving in the stillness. Slow it down. Yeah. Is this even what I want right now? Or am I going through the motions again? Am I going through the motions again? Am I going through the motions again? And I guess repeating those three lines of saying, am I going through the motions again? Was sort of, I guess, the self-reflection within you that was saying, yeah. am I feeling what I'm feeling? Rather yeah. than... Rather and, and, than and that line of I'm like I'm literally getting chills but not because because it just it was so real for me and it, like that moment when I wrote that song I listened to that song in my voice memos when I wrote it I listened to it every day and it was like my reminder of um taking a second and just reassessing what's happening in my environment and like if I really am doing what I truly want or if I'm just being conscious of my environment you know and um yeah when it's like slow it down is this even what I want right now? It's like that, like, you have to ask yourself that sometimes. And like, you know, like, I can't feel my feet hit the pavement. 
I like, I can't see what's moving in the stillness. Like those are the moments that you, like I'm talking about with that, like literally the animal that was there. And like the moment that I was having, it was just a normal day, a normal moment. And I missed it's, it's just like the sense of like, you don't want to miss life happening around you. And I'm very big on that. And it's very important to me. And it's like something in my life. Like I always say this, if I pursue music as a career, I don't pursue music as a career that doesn't define my life. And that's not my goal for my life. My goal for my life is truly finding peace and community with others. And if I can do that through music, through sharing these songs, that's what I want more than anything. And, but the, but the foundation for it is always going to be checking in with myself and can I live a life that's really as present and as conscious as I can make it? And can I share that with someone else and have somebody else in my community and in my loved ones and in my foundation that also feel that way? Absolutely. And I mean, for those who haven't listened to her songs, uh, Intervention and Through the Motions, they're now available on all music streaming platforms. You can go stream and listen to it. And uh, they're, they're a really good uh, set of songs. And I was wondering, were you able to play that song acoustically? Right now? Yeah, if you're interested. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll, 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 I, would, I would love to hear that acoustic version of going through the Yeah, let's, let's do it. One moment. Oh, man. This is a fave. We're going to drop it down a bit. So I didn't want to grab my capo, but make sure my tuning's okay. For those wondering, capo don't don't think it's a country thing. It's not really a country thing. Uh, for people who call capo country thing, I don't think it's a country thing. But um, it just it's just a it's just a thing to I guess to keep your guitar I guess in tune and and not um, flail all over the place when you're playing in. The, the capo is what changes the, the octave or the pitch of the song. So if I play with a capo here, it makes it a higher key and I can sing the song in a higher pitch. And if I keep it open without it, then it'll be a little bit lower. Um, uh -huh. So it'll sound a little lower than the, it'll sound a little lower than the key that uh, the um, recording is in. Can you hear it okay? Yeah, I can hear it. I can hear it. Okay. Oh, it's been a long day. I think I'll take the long way home. I'm so tired that I won't sleep a week. And right now I can't stand the TV on. Oh, it's my rush. I can't feel my feet hit the pavement. Am I so gone? That I can't see what's moving in the stillness. Slow it down. Is this even what I want right now? Or am I going through the motions again? Oh, my own mind has been leading me astray. Chasing all the things I think I need When what I need has always been the same Oh, it's my rush I can't feel my feet hit the pavement Am I so gone That I can't see what's moving in the stillness Slow it down Is this even what I want right now? Or am I going through the motions again? Going through the motions again. Am I going through the motions again? I mean, that is um, Anna Nikolaisen's uh, song, Through the Motions. Uh, you heard it here first, an acoustic version. <laughs> was that the first time you played uh, an acoustic version on a podcast? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah I, <laughs> I mean, I mean, I've 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 had different people play their their uh, their own songs here on the podcast before. Um, one being uh, Ian Flanagan. Ian Flanagan was the voice. Um, I forget what the season was, but uh, I I had uh, performed one of his songs. Uh, I think it's uh, 
I think it's a song last name, last name one, I think. Where is it? Uh mm. but yeah, I mean I've I've always wanted people to come on and play their songs acoustically, uh, for people to really hear their um hear their music live and in person, I guess. Um so let's let's have a bit of fun. Even though we've had a we've had a lot of fun on this uh, podcast already because there's a game I want to play with you, and it's called How Deep Will You Go? And it's uh, three levels. It's uh, level one, it's icebreakers. Level two is confessions, and level three is getting deep. Um, and uh, so we'll start with uh, icebreakers. Um, and your question is, what's something your parents warned you about that ended up true? Um. Oh man, this is so silly. The first thing that came to my mind was I used to I used to run around barefoot everywhere when I was a kid. I would just I would like never wear shoes and I just wanted to have the toughest feet. I don't know what that was about. I just wanted to be like the most tough kid ever. And my dad would tell me, Don't ride your bike uh without shoes on. And um and I did it anyways, and your my toe caught the earth, caught the concrete, you know what I mean? It was a real nasty mess. And I was like, oh, man. And I don't know why that just popped in my head. But you said, what was he right about? And I just, I'll never be, uh, he'll never be more right about that. And in that moment, he would always yell at me and tell me where my shoes and I wouldn't do it. All right. Uh, level two, confessions. Uh, let's go with, okay. Uh, if you could bring someone back, who would it be and why them? bring someone back like from the dead like like bring someone back to yeah, life I, I i guess or that's bring... what the question is yeah okay um i oh i have two thoughts i'll just go with my first thought though um no i don't know now i'm conflicted so i have two thoughts and i'll, I'll just go ahead i'll tell you both but my first thought is my fafa my grandfather um he just was such a iconic figure for me in my life and such a strong, uh, dominant family man. And um, he, he passed away. And um, I think his stories and his lessons and his kind of life was just so kind of powerful for me. And he was just such a strong, good person. So I miss him a lot. But I think beyond that, my second thought is I have a very, very, very close friend of mine who lost her mom at a very young age, Miss Liz. And um and she died of cancer. And I would say if anybody that I could bring back, I'd bring back uh, Miss Liz for, for my friend, because I think she was, she was a lady who, when I joined the volleyball team, when I met this girl that is my friend, her name's Priscilla. But when I met her, um, her mom, nobody knew me. And I was the youngest one on the team. And at that point in my life, I was incredibly high energy and very talkative. And running around and I was just very unaware of people and I was just like oh you know just like bouncing off walls and um, people kind of were like skeptical of me or or um, not sure of me I guess and I remember that I'd never spoken to her and Miss Liz walked up to me and looked me in the face and was like you're special and I I like you and you're gonna be here and I just think you have something so magic and she never stopped telling me that every time she saw me any tournament, any game, she saw me, she would come over to me and she would hug me and she'd look me in the face and say, you are so special. You are so talented. I see your heart so clearly. So she was just a really special lady. And um, I would I would bring her back so so that my friend would have her mom. Absolutely. Well, I mean, we'll, we'll end this off with uh, level three. Uh, I mean, uh, there's, there's a lot of... If there's something you've been wanting to let out let it out oh um something that i've wanted to let out what comes to mind is i think something i'm trying i, I want to let out is just it's funny because via american idol and via this process i'm constantly grappling with um you know, who I am as an artist and people ask you all the time. And that's like the questions. And it's like this thing about being an artist. And I kind of understand like people just really, the truth is people want to get to know you. But um, I think sometimes what I want to let out is just like, can we just get, can we just get back to the music? Can we just like, can we just move on from that and just make music and listen to music and enjoy 
each other and enjoy, you know, kind of make it less about identifying this and that and all this, you know, all this surface level stuff. It just feels like unnecessary sometimes. And I think sometimes I'm tired of it um, in a respectful way. I know that nobody has any bad intentions with it at all. It's just more like, oh, guys, come on, let's, you know, it's all fine and dandy. Like, you'll get to know me if you just listen to my songs. And I think it's like that. For sure. And um, as 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 we're wrapping up here, I really want to talk about, I've been wanting to talk about this with you and um, your duet with Warren P. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like, that's the best duet. That was the best Thank duet. Thank you. Um, and and Warren, Warren is just a, He's a character, man. He's a I real love character. Him. <laughs> um, you know, I I was uh, I was watching I was watching that duet and I was and Luke Bryan was commenting on it and um and and he said you took a country music classic and you really made it your own thing. I just thought it was a great moment, a great moment. I felt it earlier today. We felt it now. They felt it, and I hope my fellow judges felt it. And Warren responded back with two words. He said, "Praise God." Um, and that guy really has a faith that's so strong and mm. and has really kept himself grounded through this whole thing. And he seems just so grateful to be there and and be in the presence of, you know, some great judges and greatness of artists. Um, regardless if it's young or old, it's he's just there and he just wants to soak every single second of it. Um, yeah. Can you talk to me about what the experience was just to collaborate with him and, and do a do a country classic it's your love by tim mcgraw and faith hill uh i love me some warren i call him behind the scenes we call him papa because he's just this old grandpa in the making he's 24 he's my age we're the same age and he just looks like he's just like a little old man in the making anyways i love me some warren um that was such a funny duet because that moment was so chaotic and what you see on screen is really what happened they literally shoved us in a room and said like grab a partner go and you know that's after the first round. So after the first round, half the people got eliminated and okay. So then you're left with a bunch of strangers or you don't know very many people at all. And um, we, we ended up just kind of basically proximity is everything. We, we were kind of sat next to each other over on the side and I watched the big chaos of the group. Just everybody jumped over each other, just trying to find partners. And it kind of intimidated me. And I tried to turn around. And I see Warren and I'd heard him, I'd heard him sing his personal challenge. So I kind of knew he's, I mean, he's incredible. I knew he had a really strong, soulful voice, very Chris Stapleton-esque, you know, very, very powerful. And I thought, you know, I think that that, that could be something really great. Um, and I remember I asked him, I said, hey, you know, I, I'm Hannah. If you didn't remember my name, hi, Warren. And, um, you know, I met him a couple times. I knew his name. And I said, you know, do you want to be my partner? He's like, yeah, that sounds great. Let's do it. And then after a couple minutes, he goes, you know, I haven't heard you sing yet, but we'll make it work. And he'd never heard me sing or anything like that. He's just so kind of go with the flow. He was like, we'll be fine. And um, I'm a pretty high anxiety person, I would say. Sometimes I can get really in my head about stuff, very neurotic. And I was just like, oh, man, this duets, this might be the one that takes my peace away, you know, because it's so intense. And Warren is so level headed about things and just so kind of grounded and I feel like I am a really, I try to be a very grounded person as well. And when I saw him and we kind of saw each other, it was very like, oh, oh, we're going to be fine, you know? And as we kind of made our song selection and, and everything, um, it's funny because he knows all country music and I don't know as much new country music, but I knew that song. Um, so when we found it, it was pretty obvious, like, we have to pick this one, you know, this is the one. So we both um, also have uh, long-term partners. So he's been with his now fiance for nine years. I've been with my now fiance for almost five years. And we kind of knew that we would be able to sing this song and really mean it because we were both singing to people who we really love. And it wasn't like superficial and it wasn't just to sing the song. It was like, like I said earlier, everything I do, I want to feel it and I want to be intentional. And he's the same way. Um, so it just turned into like everybody around us on the day of was just panicking and crying in corners. People were crying. People were forgetting their words. And him and I, you know, we're seeing that and it can shake you. And I'd look at him and he'd look at me and I'd say, we're going to be all right. He'd be like, we're going to be just fine. And we just kept saying that to each other the whole day. 
And then we said, you know, we just like, we were like, I feel good about it. I feel good. And we went on stage and we we're like, we just got to sing our hearts out. Like that's all there is. And we both have this attitude of just like, let's just have so much fun that if they kick us off, we'll be able to say they're absolutely nuts because we, we did our absolute best. You know what I mean? Like just have so much fun with it that they can't possibly say no to you. So that was, that was that whole experience for me. Um, but fun fact, Warren overslept that morning and almost left me alone because we were supposed to be downstairs at like 6.30 in the morning after a crazy 2 a.m. night of rehearsals. I get downstairs and this man is nowhere to be seen. So by happenstance, we realized our rooms in the hallway in the hotel were pretty close to each other. So I knew his room. And you, I went upstairs and I was banging on his door. And I'm like, Warren, you better get your butt out of that bed. Like, come on, Warren. That man sleeps like a rock. He sleeps so hard. He woke up at like 10.30 a.m. I'm already at the theater. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to have a partner today. And they finally got him out of bed and he got there. It was all fine, but <laughs> kind of crazy. Well, we've, we've, we've got the tea here from Hannah about uh, what with <laughs> Warren oversleeping. But uh, um, no, Warren kind of, you know who he reminds me of? He reminds me of uh, Mr. Rogers. Um, uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he kind of reminds uh, me of Mr. Rogers. Uh, oh. A lot because um, Mr. Rogers says a lot of, you know, praise God. And he says a lot of different things that, you know, that a good gentleman would, you know, like just mm -hmm. really stoic and, and yeah. really kind to other people. And that's, that's who he kind of reminds that's me. That's the word. Of, he, he is. He's just, he's kind. And he's, he's really, a um, he's an old soul and he's a, 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 such a good friend of mine. And it's so cool now um because you just don't know anything at the time when you're doing that duet. You just don't know how far anybody's going to go. And so it was so funny when we both made top 26. I mean, we were just like, I can't believe we get to do it together. And then um, we made the top 20 and, you know, and so now it's kind of, it was sad to say goodbye to Warren, but I was so thrilled and so proud to see my duet partner, like make it as far as he has. And now being what in the top eight, I mean, it's, it's like, getting to watch him and watch his kind of kind spirit come through on screen. And uh, it's just such a special thing. Absolutely. And uh, as we're going to end this conversation, I want to ask you one final question. Uh, I, and this, this question has challenged every single person that's come on this podcast. Um, oh. and, I, and I know you're up for the challenge, so I'm going to pose it to you. Um, if there's one artist that is already in heaven that you would want to play a song with, who would it be and what song would you play? Oh, that's already in heaven. Um, goodness. It's so funny because I, I, I'm immediately thinking of people that are alive. So it's it's taking me a second to think of people that have passed away that I would be interested in. Oh, gosh. I mean... Oh, I'm so drawing a blank here, but you know that I think the reason that that's hard for me is, oh, I know, I got it, Amy Winehouse, Amy Winehouse, and I think I would like to sing her song. I think love is a losing game. Or, yeah, yeah, Amy Winehouse. I think she is, um, I think about her so often. And she kind of, if, you, if you're unfamiliar, is a, kind of was a, a modern day jazz singer. She brought jazz into reg pop music, regular music in a way that it hadn't been done before. She was so authentic. Her singing, every time she sang was, every time was unique. Um, but she died because of overdose and drugs and um, kind of a, a, a really toxic lifestyle kind of that was like brought on by her fame and by her, her love and her relationships and things like that. So I think um, if I could bring someone back and sing with them, I think it would be her because I'd love to just, she just seemed like somebody who every time she opened her mouth, she just wanted to sing the song and make the music and she wasn't worried about everyone else. And that's what I aim to do. And I, um, really respect her for that for sure for me i think uh i would probably do a song with john prine mm. um 
Angel from Montgomery is one of my favorite songs. Did um, you see Megan sing it? Oh, I saw Megan sing that one. And she sang the Didn't hell she out kill of it. that? She's, she sang the oh hell my out God, of it. I love her so much. She's such a sweetie. It was so good. Yeah. Uh, John Prine, Angel from Montgomery, or um, Summer's End is also a really good song from John as well. Paradise. Um, there's a whole list of songs. If there was one person alive that I would do a song with, it would be Vince Gill, hands down. Yeah. Vince Gill. I did his cover of Whenever You Come Around um, mm-hmm. because I just love the story behind it. Um, it's because of his wife that he met um 20 something years ago i don't know what it is now but um yeah it's a really good story there with that song but uh anyways i mean it's the end of our conversation together but thank you so much for for chatting with me i know this has been a long uh a long chat but i really enjoyed it i i I really like having in-depth discussions with people that are artists or anyone in general that just uh just takes their time out to chat with me but thank you again yeah no you're so welcome it was such a pleasure and um it's funny because i I didn't really know what to expect. I don't do a lot of interviews and podcasts, but um, it's really lovely to have you ask such thoughtful questions. And um, I really appreciated your time. Well, I mean, to the listeners who made it this far into the episode, thanks so much for sticking around. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with American singer-songwriter and American Idol Season 21 contestant Hannah Nicolaisen. If you want to connect with Hannah, you can find her on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and on TikTok. Um, you can help support my show by sharing with family, friends, or on social media. I'm on all podcast streaming platforms. I've been your host, Shipney Keltsang. Thanks for tuning into the show.